0: You are listening to audio recorded at the Village Church. For more information, go to villagechurchbaltimore.com. Welcome to the Village Church. Um, If you're a regular attender, obviously it's great to be able to spend this Christmas uh, worship together. If you are new for the first time here today, we are extremely glad you would spend your Sunday with us. Uh, As we mentioned earlier, this is our Christmas worship for this year. We're calling it the Christmas Eve of the Eve. I don't know if that's an official thing on the calendar or not, but we're making it one. Uh, This is our Christmas Eve of the Eve, so just be reminded we're not doing a Christmas Eve worship tomorrow night as we normally might. This is going to be it, but uh, we do want to welcome all of you. And particularly if if this is your first time or maybe it's been a while, um, we recognize that coming into any place but even a church it can be an awkward, kind of uh, uneasy thing. If you're feeling that at all, probably there's a lot of people that feel the same thing. So we want to say welcome to you. Hope this can be a safe place to learn about God. If you're here with your family, enjoy some time with family together. And then even as we talk about uh, the whole church family. So I wanted to share a little bit, kind of even on the thoughts that Ms. Van Kim was sharing with our children. But I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1, uh, starting verse 23, or starting verse 21 actually. And this says she and this is she is this is the she is Mary here. she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So let me pray for us, and we 'll continue, Lord, thank you for this time. I thank you, God, that you give us time to be able to remember. Uh, the coming of the Christ into our world. And as we worship, as we celebrate, as we... And for some of us, honestly, sit in some sorrow, God. It's it's a hard season in the holidays to remember loss and grief. Uh, In those times, God, may you you remind us what it means that you're with us. So we thank you that all of us can be here together like this, and and we ask for your guidance. Amen. Amen. Um, Also, we know that we're having all the children here uh, today. We normally have our children's ministry led by tremendous teachers, but we think there's value in meeting all together. Uh, We know that it is uh, not the easiest depending on the age of the kids. So if they got to fidget a little, yo, I'm an adult and I got to fidget too sometimes, so that's totally okay. Feel free. No one's going to judge. No one gets angry about that. No one's going to give you the eye If they give you the eye. you tell me, and I'll give the eye back to them. We don't, we don't do that here. We think it's a beautiful thing to be here together, even in the fidgeting. But um, I'm not going to preach that long, so just to assuage your fears for a moment. But we're talking here, and some of you might be familiar with the story about the idea of what Christmas is. It's that Jesus, who's fully God and fully man, and that's a confusing thing, but he came into this earth. He came into this earth, and like Ms. VK said, came in the form of a child. And we see here in these verses that we re- were reminded this was promised. So this wasn't some just random thing. So wasn't that a baby came into the earth and God said, "Okay, that'll be my son." This is something that was planned. This was something in the scriptures prophesied from um, generations in the past. And I want to focus on that part there at the end, where at the end where it says, "They shall call his name Emmanuel." And you might have even heard that, and even some of the songs when we talk about Emmanuel which means God with us. And, and we often think about Emmanuel, it's like another name of Jesus. Jesus is Emmanuel. It means God with us. And that's true, but this is also describing Jesus' role. It's describing his purpose, not just his name. And, and what it's saying is that Jesus' mission would be the Savior to come to humankind to be with us. And a fancy word for this is incarnation. Can, can everyone say Incarnation. Incarnation, the word incarnate, you might have heard from it, it comes from the uh, Latin. And I'm not that guy that says the word for Latin, but this one's good. Uh, it means in, which means in, so you already know some Latin. And "carnis," which means flesh. So incarnate, into flesh, to become flesh. Some of you who like meat chili, I know a lot of us are vegetarian fans, but some of us who are meat chili fans, chili con carne. It means chili with meat. So this, this hopefully makes some sense here because it was a birth. So Jesus was born like any other baby. But it's not in the sense that he was created for this moment or that he came to be now. Jesus has always been. And he, he's always been throughout before there was history. And now he entered through the incarnation and we discover that God wanted to be with his people. That's what it means. So think about it this way if we think about it practically Imagine you live, uh, maybe you live in, uh, in Hamden somewhere, you live on Elm or Hickory or, or maybe Rowland, and then you see a new, uh, new people moving into the neighborhood, right? And they're moving in, and they've like just cleared the whole lot, and they start building this house, like a mansion. You know, they got, they got some money, right? They start building this mansion, and you're like, okay, cool, we got some neighbors with some money, that, that's all right. But, but you see a construction team come in after this mansion's built, and they start building this big wall. Like, they start building this big wall around that whole john. Um, you don't know who they are, but pretty clearly, you can get a sense of whether they want to be with you or not. Because you got this big, giant cement. To the, you can't even climb this thing. and You can't see who they are. It shows you what their desire is in terms of interacting with you. But if you wake up one morning and you go in your backyard and you see a tent and someone decided to move into the neighborhood, but they're going to move into your backyard, and they stick up a tent and say, this is my home? I like, You might be a little offended, but what they've shown is that they will probably use your bathroom, and they might eat at your table, because they've decided they want to be really close to you. I mean, you might call the cops, but they want to be close to you. And, and in a way, this is why God became human, because he wanted to be close with us, If you think about God, you think about like a royal, priestly kingdom, and that's all true, but this is a king who said, I want to be with my creation, and I'm going to exist with them, and I'm going to come in the form of a a body, of a baby. And Christmas reminds us that the mission of Jesus is a relational mission, that he came to restore relationship uh, with us and for us. Jesus' life was a relational mission. So I think to better understand what it means when we say it was a relational mission, it's helpful to understand what had to be restored. So quick summary of creation, God made everything, and it was good. If you need like a one sentence, God made everything, and it was good, including you and I, including people. And there was no brokenness. There was no hurt. And this included the people's relation with God, including one another. But then this is what happened. Genesis chapter 3. The people, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. This is what we hear happened. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So the picture we get here is Adam and Eve, they've disobeyed God and now God's looking for them. And what have they done? They've gone and hid. Well, they're naked. That might be one. But they've gone and hid. And guys, there's a lot of things behind us. But one simple thing we can recognize here. This is relational brokenness. This is relation, re, relational brokenness. Relationship with God, that the way he intended, was now broken. And relationship is also broken with other people. And, we're, and we're, we'll dig into this a little bit. But one way that we can know relationship with God is been broken through other people is we see that even today now Um, if you want to know how broken we are think about the people you most love in your life maybe it's a spouse maybe it's your children maybe it's like family maybe it's like even your best friends but think about even the people you most love in your life you can't get along with them all the time the people who should be the most precious to you that you would run through a brick wall for at times are going to drive you crazy. Are going to make you like say, am I even like a good person? Because this is like the person I pledge in my life to. But I can't stand them today. Why are we fighting like this? It was just a cap on a toothpaste. Why are we going nuts? Because, I mean this is really simplifying, but our relationships have been broken by nature, even with the closest among us. And we see here, and and I don't think we talk about this enough in church, but we see the response to the relational brokenness for Adam and Eve. They hid. It says they hid. When relationship was broken between God, but also with one another, they hid. And simply, we all have different ways to hide. Um... We all have different ways to cope with our relational brokenness. And one of my goals for us at our church is to be able to see is we're broken, but it's okay to start there. We're not about trying to come here to pretend like we got it all put together. We are relationally broken people. We're broken in a lot of ways, but we're relationally broken those and we hide. And this can take on different forms for all of us. And so when you think hide, you might be thinking hide and seek. And, you know, that, that's one thing. I guess we can hide that way. But hiding can also take on a lot of different forms. And maybe depending on the nature of the people in this room, it can look, and maybe you identify with some of these. Some of us, the way we hide, I know I do this, um, we craft an image of the way we want to be known. We really work hard at trying to meticulously make our impression. That's what Instagram is, right? You take, like, 2,000 pictures so you can get that one that looks like it was random. Like, oh, wow, yeah, this is what I look like when I'm eating breakfast. And you took like 80 of those jobs trying to get the lighting perfect and the filter just right. And and we're trying to work so hard to put an impression of who we are out there. That's the reason some of us work so hard in our life. That's the reason some of us work out physically, get our bodies looking a certain way. Some of us, that's why you kill yourselves in school because we're trying to craft an image. I am so broken, but here's who I really am. And maybe it's not really even us, but it's what I think I want you to look at when you see me. And that's one way of hiding, to hide. Another way that some of us hide, and again, I struggle with this one, is we strive to be perfect. We see so much brokenness in our life. Maybe a lot of it is relational. Maybe we come from a real hard situation. So in response, as a coping mechanism, we say, I'm going to make my life as ordered and perfect as possible so that hurt can't come in, so that I can manage it all. And we drive ourselves, and if you're a perfectionist, you drive those around you crazy too. You need to recognize that. But we drive ourselves to be perfect, to have things the way they should be. And that looks like control, but it's another way of hiding. It's another way of hiding. Some of us, and again, I mean, I struggle with all of this. I'm a broken person. Um, Some of us, we hide by trying to be really strong and controlling, and maybe even relationally, and you can think about some of those people, man, they're like a bull in my life. They're like, boom, head on. It, maybe it's a sense, it doesn't look like hiding, but we're trying to mask something. We're trying to mask fear. We're trying to maybe even mask fear of being taken advantage of. So the way we respond and hide is by being strong and powerful and controlling This one might be hard to see, but sometimes the way we hide is by actually going to another person. Sometimes the way we hide is by we are so relationally broken, we're looking for that person that we can find our strength in. We're looking for that person who will complete us, who will make us really who we are. And that's why you get words like codependent. This idea that we've lost who we are because we're found in this other person and after a while you start to lose even the sense of who you are without this person. It doesn't mean it's not good to have close relationships, but you lose yourself. You can hide in the nature of this relationship. Um, this one's real tricky and again, I see hints of this in myself. Some of us hide by fully engaging in everything. Like we're the life of the party. We love to have fun. It doesn't look like we're hiding at all. We love to engage in life. We're taking the advantage of everything. We love to party hard. We like to play hard. We like to drink hard. We like to take into our body food and other things. Really, hard. we want to enjoy everything. But what it can match is that ultimately there's a missing emptiness inside of us. We're afraid of pain. We're afraid of guilt. We're afraid of wounds. So we're looking for anything to try to mask that, to convey this image, I'm okay, my life is good. And it doesn't look like hiding, but it's a form of hiding. And sometimes, I mean, hiding is simple as physically hiding. For some of us, it's, it's withdrawing, isolating from others. And where God has created us to be with him and with others, we find ourselves hiding, hiding from other people, and we don't want to be with others. So we hide. And these are all different forms of being relationally broken. And, and even as I shared some of those, maybe some of you identify with a few of those things, and it's painful to recognize that. Even as I listed these off, I felt like a, a, a doofus up here because I'm like, man, I feel like I identify with all those things. I'm so broken. But guys, here's the really good news, and we always bring it back to good news. It's, it's into that brokenness of our souls where this Savior Jesus meets us. Those parts that are most relationally broken about us, that's where this God who says, I'm Emmanuel, God with us, this is where I will come meet you. And I'm not going to look at you from afar, but I'm going to look into your life and enter your life. Look at First John chapter 1, verses 1-3. This is written by one of the followers, first followers Jesus, named John. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. I think we have the verses here. First, okay. Which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Let me recap what's here. This guy, John, he walked with Jesus. He was taught by Jesus. But what he's describing here, he uses words which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, which we touched. What John is saying, his experience of Jesus, his experience of God, wasn't like a classroom. It wasn't just hearing a nice lecture series about Jesus. It was walking with the physical manifestation of Jesus. Jesus entered his life. John experienced God's love through the presence of this real person, Jesus Christ. I mean, it didn't mean that Jesus didn't teach John, but it was more than just learning information. In church, sometimes we think that's what growth is, just learning a lot. But what this is saying is, Growth came for John from actually knowing this Jesus. He knew what his breath probably smelled like after breakfast. He walked with him. He probably could feel the coarseness of his hands. He dwelt with him. He knew him. And Jesus, he transformed these first followers' lives by being with them. And this was the whole ministry of Jesus. He didn't just share for people how to experience life. Jesus didn't just give a a bunch of TED Talks. But this is how you can grow miraculous and grow your fish and bread. In different. He didn't do, like, information. He, 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 he shared his very life with people. He shared his very life with people. His life was a relational mission. And Jesus also shows us how relationship was meant to be by inviting us into relationship with him. That's why we talk about relationship all the time. It's not meant to be this lovey-dovey, like hand-holdy. Some of you get really weirded out by that kind of, but it's true. Like Jesus wants relationship with us. And to do that, and this is the whole message of Christmas, right? He came into our world. He came into our, Lord, our, our lives. When you and I, when we are prone to hide, we are all prone to hide in different ways, God actively came into our world to look for us, to be with us. And he wants to teach us what it means to be relational people. And guys, that's what church is. I don't know what you think church is. Some of you think church might be like this place where you do some religious stuff and you kind of sit there for a little bit. And that's what church is. That's a part of it. Church is not just checking off boxes that I've been good this week. Um, Church is a way for us to live in relationship with with God by living in relationship with other people who say they follow Him too. And God has given us the church. God has given us one another to be able to express the relational wholeness that he wants to give to us more and more, that he's restoring in this for us. Maybe a way we can say this is that the church is God's way of inviting you out of hiding. Because the thing about life, we are, again, all hiding in different ways, but what we're trying to do here as we live together is inviting one another into a different way of understanding relationship. Maybe even as we thought about some of the examples from earlier of how we hide, Maybe instead of working so hard to create that image of what we think will be valuable, like that image that we think will bring us love and respect, instead of working so hard for that, the church is a place that we can learn to love by being loved for who you are, which is such a countercultural concept, right? That the church is a place where you say, this is who I am. This is how broken I am. This is how jacked up my family is. These are my compulsions. And we have people that say, because God loves you, I also love you. Let's grow in this together. The church is an invitation to come out of hiding. The the church can be a community, an invitation, that when you are driven by perfectionism, while you're driven by having to have everything exactly the way it should be, the church is a place where you can learn to start to say, it's okay that I'm not perfect. It's okay that I make mistakes. Wow, there's a thing called grace. And when I mess things up, and really do it poorly, there's people who say, that's cool, let's pray together. I forgive you. And let's grow. The invitation to come out of hiding, maybe for some of us who've always been having to be so strong, it's an invitation to learn to be able to submit to others and, and let go of control, but not so that you would be taken advantage of, but so you can be led well and to be learned what it means to be taken care of by God to learn what does it mean to have other people. You don't have to fight for everything for yourself, but that there are people who are going to fight for you and look out for your well-being. Maybe for some of us who are always looking to numb the pain, like we are taking everything into our body we can because we're just trying to numb the pain. Maybe the church is an invitation that we can even sit in pain. We can even sit in sorrow with others and learn that God is enough. And maybe simply for some of us who are prone to want to hide and be away from people, the church is a simple invitation to take steps to be with some other people. It's hard. And I'm not saying for some of you introverts, yo, you need to become an extrovert if you're a true follower of Christ. That's not what I'm saying at all. Maybe it's like one person. It doesn't got to be everyone here. God, most of us would run from this place if we had to be friends with everyone. But to be, <laughs> and particularly some, be all right. But to learn what does it mean to be known? What is to learn to be not so anonymous? To learn to be known by God as well as other people. To learn to trust some people when life has never given me reason to trust anyone. That maybe there's a community where we start to be able to trust someone else. And I want to just welcome you to come out of your hiding and experience life the way that God intended you to live in restored relationship with him and with others. And guys, we we need to know this. Restoring relationship, it's such an important matter to God that Jesus paid the greatest price for that to happen. Matthew 27, starting verse 45, it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. This is describing Jesus' death. And you might be like, I thought this was Christmas. I thought we were talking about cute, fat baby Jesus. Why are we talking about death? Because Jesus' mission was always a relational mission leading to this thing called a cross. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what we see here is we've been saying this fully. He's fully God. Jesus is fully God, yet he became fully man. But what he did in our place when he became fully man is he was hung on a cross And though he had perfect relation with his father, before there was ever time, there was always a unity of relationship. Jesus never needed to have his relationship with his dad restored. But what we see here he did on the cross, Jesus experienced relational brokenness. He willingly gave up perfect harmony, perfect unity, perfect fellowship. The cross, it was physically painful. I mean, that's real. But Jesus' death on the cross is more than just physical brutality, It was about a relationship as perfect as you can imagine being willingly given up. And why the heck would this Jesus do that? So you could be with God. So you could be with God. So you could be with God. So we could be with God. Jesus' whole mission is to restore us to God and to one another. And I want to invite you here, I don't if I would ask if we're not going to do this, but if we had a personal conversation, if I just asked you how how are you doing with God, maybe some of you would say, Yeah, I feel far from him, or man, I've been living a life that's not really matching up with what I think I should, or man, I haven't thought about him for a long time. Can I invite you today to say, God loves you, God knows you? It doesn't mean God doesn't give a rip about what you're doing, but he wants you to grow. He wants you to know him. And maybe you can submit to him today and say, God, I want to know you again. Maybe I want to know you for the first time. And trust this Jesus who gave up his life so you could be made right with God. And maybe for others of us, maybe the step is becoming part of this church and saying, you know what, I have been in hiding. I'll, I'll just own it. I've been hiding in many different ways. Man, you listed that off? Check, 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 check for me. But I want to come out of hiding and come into a place that's not perfect. God knows this church is not perfect, but it's a community that's learning what does it mean to be restored in the name of Jesus, together, and to learn what it means to be in relationship with one another. Can I invite you to take a step to do that? Take a step to trust someone else, even in this place, and say, I'm going to be part of something that's not just about me, but knowing God, knowing one another. So can I ask you to stand with me? We're going we're to close. We're going to close in time of singing, but we're also going to close with this table. And, I, and as you look at this table up here, if you're a Christian... And what we mean by that is not just you go to church, but you've confessed, Jesus, um, I believe he died for, my, for me and for my brokenness, my sin, and my place. And I trust him. If that's you, come up here, take a piece of the cracker. It, rep- it represents his body. And we do this weekly to remind ourselves of who Jesus is. And dip it in the cup. You can come up both aisles. And take it right up here. You can come up with other people if you want. You can come up by yourself. And remind yourselves, remember the relational mission of Jesus Christ And guys, this is such good news for a culture that's totally putting us into hiding to come out, be invited to be free. And maybe your life feels like a train wreck right now. Jesus loves train wrecks. And he wants to invite you. Come back to him. Come back to him. Lord, help us in this place. Lord, I confess even for myself, um, I'm prone to hiding. I'm just like my forefather and foremother Adam and Eve and I am prone to hiding trying to cover my shame my fear my guilt in so many different ways but the good news is you keep inviting me to come out and to know the Jesus who took upon himself the brokenness that we all carry so we don't have to so help my friends here to receive that message today Lord may we know the great cost you've paid so that we wouldn't have to and so that we could be free in you and to learn what it means to be relationally taking steps of wholeness even together so help us Lord help some of us who are deeply fearful in this place to know you fight for us we love you Lord help us as we respond right now in Jesus name we pray amen so sing pray come up to the table if you'd like and receive the communion do whatever you need to do to remind yourself of God's work in your life